Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bosch. The number of clean diesel models in North America will double by 2014. Bosch Clean Diesel. Good, clean, fun. Bridgestone. Your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems. Improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. This is AutoLine Daily for January 20th as we wrap up a week's worth of reports of what's going on in the global automotive industry. Yesterday, General Motors announced that it sold just over 9 million vehicles globally last year. And that sparked off a flurry of news reports over who's the number one automaker in the world. Of course, it all has to do with how you count the sales. Many analysts do not count GM sales with SAIC or Wuling in China since GM is a minority partner in those joint ventures. In fact, Volkswagen says if it counted sales the way GM does, it would be number one. But you know, I don't know why VW is worried. As we pointed out last year, when it comes to revenue and profits, Volkswagen is far and away the biggest automaker in the world. In fact, in the first half of last year alone, VW's revenue was $37 billion higher than GM's. You know, maybe Saab is Swedish for cat because the company seems to have nine lives. Believe it or not, there's still interest in the company. Chinese automaker Youngman Lotus will renew its efforts to acquire Saab, but it looks like Youngman has got some competition. Bloomberg reports that Turkish private equity firm Brightwell Holdings intends to place a bid for Saab. It would keep production in Sweden, but it also needs approval from General Motors and the Swedish government, so don't hold your breath. German automakers could be penalized for not meeting fuel economy standards in the U.S. Car makers had to achieve a fleet average of 27.5 miles per gallon in 2011 and achieve CO2 emission limits. Daimler, Porsche, and BMW were the farthest from meeting the standards, according to initial estimates. Daimler had the lowest average at only 25.2 miles per gallon. The government will not finalize its results until later in the year. The giant German supplier Continental is forming a joint venture with South Korean battery producer SK Innovation. SKI will focus on lithium-ion cells, while Conti puts its energy into the electronics and battery pack of the equation. SKI will also build a brand new plant in Korea that's capable of producing between 25,000 and 40,000 batteries a year. And this might seem like a risky proposition given how slowly EVs are selling right now. But Continental estimates that by 2025, they could account for 30 to 40% of global sales. And that's far higher than anyone else seems to be forecasting. The new Dodge Dart blends American design with Italian mechanicals. But this C-segment car is even more international than that. Car and Driver reports Hyundai, of all companies, will supply the vehicle's six-speed automatic transmission. This sounds sacrilegious, but it really isn't too far of a stretch. The Dart's new Tiger Shark power plants are derived from the old Gemma engines that were the result of a Chrysler, Hyundai, and Mitsubishi tie-up. It's interesting that they would not use a Chrysler or Fiat automatic or just buy one from a supplier like ZF. The 2013 Dodge Dart also offers a conventional six-speed manual 
as well as a dual dry clutch automatic. Hey, don't forget to check out our coverage of the Washington DC Auto Show next week. We'll be webcasting live from the nation's capital on Thursday, January 26th, starting at high noon Eastern time. But we need your help. Go to the John's Journal page of our website, autoline.tv and submit your questions. You can see the complete list of regulators and policymakers that I'll be interviewing. So get your questions into us. I'd love to ask them. Coming up next, Cadillac's trying to boost sales in China, but the Chinese have a not too flattering nickname for the brand. And we'll get into that right after this. Reducing exhaust emissions, aerified diesel particulate filters, high filtration, low back pressure, small package size, excellent durability, DowAerify.com. On Autoline this week, my guest is Michael Dunn, author of the book, American Wheels, Chinese Roads, which is all about the Chinese auto industry. Also joining me for this show are Sharon Turlip from the Wall Street Journal and David Welch from Bloomberg. In the following clip, Michael Dunn points out some of the pitfalls and benefits that are facing automakers in China. 2012 will be a crucial year. Uh, we'll see a separation between the stronger brands and the weaker brands. There will be too much capacity. And those that don't have the firepower when it comes to brands, and brands are hugely important to Chinese consumers, they'll start to fade. Look for that to happen as soon as six months from now. Haven't we already seen some incentive uh, battles yes. over there? GM had some incentives, I think, for Wuling and or Baojun, one or the other. That's right. Uh, GM has incentives. Even the Japanese who everywhere in the world shy away from incentives are putting incentives on their cars in China to move them. So it's already starting uh, sort of price war. So where's the end game? The end game. <laughs> that. Uh, well, you know, a lot of it has to do with momentum and what the Chinese consumer likes. And today they like Volkswagen. They like the GM products. They like Hyundai. And the ones that are a little bit in trouble are the Japanese for the first time. And the other group is the Chinese themselves. The Chinese independent brands aren't that strong. This is different in China from Japan or Korea. Chinese people don't feel that strong nationalism and say, I want to buy a Geely because I love my country. They'll say, I've earned my money. I'll buy the best brand out there. And for the first time, we're seeing Chinese brands under real pressure. You, know, you talked about the luxury brands, and, and the Chinese tend to prefer the German luxury band, brands over there. But at the same time, we have GM, and they have big hopes for Cadillac becoming a, a you know a big time Chinese brand. I mean, how realistic is it? Do you think for GM to really, really get into that market? You know, uh, Cadillac should be a big winner in China. Uh, Chinese people admire America; they admire the power that America projects, and Cadillac would be the ideal car for them to drive around. It's just that the sharp lines on the Cadillac and the smaller than expected length of the Cadillacs today put off Chinese consumers. Uh, they even have a term for it they call Ch Cadillacs Benzhong, which translates as dumb and heavy. Now this is not a good moniker to have in China. Wow. And Cadillac <laughs> has, has its work cut out to it to say, no, we're not. We're actually modern, cutting edge, and something you want to buy. So they're, they're working on it, but so far it's been a tough, tough row. You can see that entire show on our website, Autoline.tv, right now. And that wraps up today's show, except that there's another game of heroic savings and epic failures on tap on Roundabout tonight. Here's Craig Cole with all the details.
If I'm sitting in front of a wall of flames, that can only mean one thing. Roundabout will be playing another thrilling game of Dungeons and Dealers. This time our gladiators are designer and author Jason White, as well as Josh Lewis from RawAutos.com. Tune in for that, plus all the weird, cool, and funny car news of the past week. Everything starts at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time at, where else? Autoline.tv. And that'll wrap up this week's episodes of Autoline Daily. Thank you for watching. John McElroy will be back here again on Monday. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.